um, Acts chapter 19. We're going to be looking at verse verses 13 to 20. And before we get to that, I was I just I come across a story and I, I wanted to tell it to you. And uh, apparently, when there was this man and his man, this man's name was Bill, and um, Bill kept going to work every day, and he would always brag. <clears throat> he would always brag. Um, that's not supposed to be up there yet, but that's okay. They already seen it. All right. And uh, you're probably thinking, okay, does the devil know my name? And we just have baptisms. What's up with that, Pastor? We'll, we'll explain it here. But I, I heard there's this guy named Bill, and he'd always go to work. And, and he was a know-it-all, and he, he said he knew everybody. He said he knew everybody that was in power. He knew everybody that was, that was popular. He just knew everybody. And so it went on for years, I guess. And so finally the boss says, you know... Put your pit, pit it up right now. He goes. He goes. Do you know Tom Cruise? And, the, and Bill goes. Yeah, I know Tom Cruise. And so the guy says, well, "I'm gonna call your bluff." And so they get on an airplane and they drive to California and they get off and they rent a car and they go to Tom Cruise's house and he rings the gate and they get into the gate. And so and so um, and so so Bill, they go up to the front door and Bill knocks on the door. Tom Cruise opens the front door up and and. And um, Tom says, Bill, so good to see you. And so the guy thought, the boss thought, well, this could be a mistake. And he says, well, I bet you, I bet you don't know uh, uh, the president, Barack Obama. Now, now this is no Barack Obama joke, okay? But uh, and and Bill goes, yeah, I know Barack Obama. And he goes. All right, prove it to me. So they get on a plane. They drive to Washington, D.C. Uh, they get into the White House, and, and they're walking down the hall, and, and Obama's going to a meeting. But from the distance, he sees Bill, and he goes, Bill, it's so great to see you. And, and they talked. He says, hey, I'm on my way to a meeting, but let's have a cup of coffee first. And so, so he was just like, his boss, his boss was like really amazed. And he says, well, let me ask you, do you know the Pope? Now, this is not a Catholic joke either, okay? And so, uh, and so he says, uh, well, of course I know the Pope. And so they get on an airplane and they go all the way over to uh, Italy and they go to the Vatican and, um, and they're there. And so, and so the Pope is supposed to be coming out on the, the balcony thing like he he does. And so, and so Bill told the boss, he says, Hey, just wait here. Let me go see if, let me go get in there. And he goes, I know the guards and everything. So he goes and, and, and Bill's sitting there with a crowd of people and he's looking up there and here comes, here comes the Pope and Bill walking out on the balcony. And so after it's all done, Bill comes back down and there's paramedics and he gets there and the paramedics are working on his, is on his boss and he gets down there to him and he says, he said, he says, well, what happened? What, what's going on? He says, man, I was just standing here in this crowd and this guy next to me, he said, he said, Hey, there's, there's Bill, but who's that guy next to him? <laughs> ha ha ha. All right. Look, <laughs> A bad joke, I guess, whatever, I don't know. But look, <clears throat> today I'm not really interested in, in who you know, but rather who, who knows you. And open your Bibles again, and let's read Acts chapter 19, and let's look at verse 13, okay? Acts chapter 19, look at verse 13. Now, of course, um, the Apostle Paul here is in Ephesus, and I'm just going to start in verse 11, then we'll get to verse 13. And it says that God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So it wasn't Paul that was responsible. You see, it's what God put into Paul. Everybody say amen. You see it? So, so that handkerchiefs 
or aprons were even carried off from his body, talking about the apostle Paul, and they were given to the sick and the diseased, left them and the, and the, left them and the evil spirits went out. Look at verse 13. Here it is. But also some of the Jewish ex- ex- exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Look at verse 14. Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, so, so, so here it is. So here's these, these sons of Siva, and the, here's the evil spirits. And the evil spirits um, answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus. I know about Paul. But who are you? Look at it, verse 16. And the man in whom was the evil spirit, so there was a man that these, that these brothers were trying to cast out the demons. Because why? Because they saw Paul doing it. And so these guys went and tried to cast out demons. And it says, so the man who, was, who had the evil spirits, in whom was the evil spirit, leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Many also of those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. Verse 19 explains that. And many of those who who practiced magic, that, that, that witchcraft, brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why are we reading this text? And we, we're talking about baptism this morning. We're talking about following Christ this morning. Well, give me a show of hands. Who all has been saved and baptized? Come on, raise up your hands. Very good. Fantastic. Okay. Now, this is or was, this baptism, as we said earlier, is a stamped event, a time-stamped event that started your ministry just like these here today. Give them one more hand, these guys that got baptized. You know, um, it's, it's fantastic. But, but here it is. What happened after the day that you got saved and baptized? L- listen, listen to me close. What happened after the day that you were saved and the day that you were baptized? And, and so those who were baptized this morning, what's going to happen after today? You know, what's going to happen after today? You know, we know that Jesus Christ knows our name because of what? Because of faith, right? It's not of our works that we're saved. It's because of faith. And Jesus knows us. But I want you to know something, that, uh, that the devil should know each and every single one of our names. Now, I know that sounds kind of, kind of weird, but, but, but follow me through this for a minute here. And as we go through this text, I want to show you some things in that, you know, maybe it's not always who he knows, but it's who knows us. But we should be doing the Father's business. What 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 we do after this time, listen, makes a big difference in pleasing our Savior, Jesus Christ. So 
Here we have in this text, and I just want to go over it with you real quick. There was two, there were some renegade Jews, and they took the role of being exorcists or casting out demons out of people. In verse 11, we read, and God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul. And so one of the special miracles Paul was doing was that of casting out devils. Now we read about the seven sons and of, of this Jewish priest. And so after them watching Paul cast out demons, here's the story that they decided to go into the exorcism business. In verse 15, we read about an interesting exchange between these seven sons and an evil spirit, and they tried to cast out. And it says here that the evil spirit said to them, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? We read in verse 16 in every in everyday language. Here's what it says. The demons jumped on them and beat the daylights out of them. Now, the question I want to ask us this 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 morning using this story as my basis is. Does the devil know who you are? Do you just after your day of baptism, after your after salvation, have you just blended into the world that if you come face to face with the devil, he wouldn't even know who you are. And he just jumps on you and beats the daylight out of you day and night. Or would he say, hey, that's John. Hey, that's Gary. Hey, that's Ron. Everybody listen close. Is, is the devil real? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. You know, is he somebody that we can go to their apartment in New York City and knock on, knock on his door and open the door and say, hey, devil? Absolutely not. Right. You know, the devil's not like Jesus Christ. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not all powerful, all knowing. He can't be anywhere at all times. But we know that he's been here since since Adam and Eve, right? When he when he when he when when the fall happened, and we know that his spirit has been this whole time, and we know that there were angels that came with him, these fallen angels. And so I'm just setting the backdrop here, and 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 please understand what we're saying here this morning is is um, is that every one of us has a ministry, and because we have a ministry, and if we're like the Apostle Paul, and if we're like the other disciples, if we're like our forefathers before us, listen to me, there should be some people who's going to know our names because we're doing things for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a mandate in Cornerstone. We as a church, we have a responsibility and that's to be witness and that's to to go out and be a witness in this lost and dying world. And because of our witness and because of our passion and because of what we believe, listen, we should make some waves out there. Everybody say amen. Now, so this morning, um, as we talk about this, um, we understand that um, every day <clears throat> we have this opportunity to serve our Lord. Now, let me ask you this. If you were in the situation as these, these men were, and again, the question is, would he say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And the question is, why did the devil know the name of Jesus and Paul but not the others? And so the question is for us this morning is, which category do you fall in? Asking such a question, well, that's pretty difficult, isn't it? Now, let me say a word about this. Number one is that there's a tragic testimony for Christians, a tragic testimony. 
whether you're a friend or foe, what a tragic and terrible testimony would be for any Christian if the devil didn't know who we were. If the devil is not familiar with who you are, it indicates several things that are true about you as a Christian. Listen, here's the truth. First of all, it indicates that you are first. Look, that you're not walking and that you're not trusting and witnessing as a Christian. Now, the devil doesn't mind our talk. Everybody say, look, the, the devil doesn't mind us talking about it if it's not backed up with our walk. He doesn't mind if we say we are Christians if we don't live like a Christian. When a person calls themselves a Christian, look, they are making the claim that they are followers of Christ. And that is what the name Christian means. It means a follower of Christ. The Bible says in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it says, And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And the disciples were called Christians. Why? Because they followed Christ and they lived for Christ. And it was exemplified in how they lived. Now, the devil has no reason to know some Christians because they don't really follow Christ in his character, in his deed. And, and look, this morning, as I read this text this morning, early this morning, I, I, I just wanted to give this to you guys who are baptized. You know, um, our lives should be marked by that of serving him in that in character and in deed. Now, I was thinking about this, and, and they, they don't really follow Christ in character and deed. And for those who the devil doesn't know their name, you know, there's no passion and there's no commitment. In and there is no witness and there is no soul winning. Look, this world is a, this world should be one of we have a mission vision and there is there is that that we have to have in our lives. And so, look, this morning, as we get out there and as you serve the Lord and today is kind of your your time event stamp time is is go out there and have a ministry and know what it is. And listen, let's make sure that all of us, that all of us know what we're doing for Jesus Christ. Let's go out there and make that mark and let's have a passion. Let's have the passion that God has, right? Let's let's hate the let's hate the evil and let's love the good. Let's let's love people out there. Let's be a witness to people, like you know Sam and Hayden did for um, Cody. You know we got to be a witness, right? Everybody, did I get the names right? All right, props to me on that. Yeah, hey, we we just need to make sure that that as we go out, and and the whole point is this: is that you know. I, I don't like Satan, but you know, um, he's going to know my name because of not just because I say I'm a Christian. He's going to know my name because I have the same passion as Christ has. I have a world vision like Christ has. And, and, and I have, I have the virtue and, and like Christ has, like Paul had. That's how we're supposed to be. And look, you're here this morning and, and almost all of you raised your hand about baptism. But I asked about baptism. I asked you this morning, does the devil know your name? You know, if you were faced with with him, would if you got to see him face to face, would he say, "Huh, I know you," or, or would or would you be the one that he would just jump on and beat the daylights out of you? Now we know as Christians, you know that he can't take us over, but he can sure oppress us, right, everybody? But but does does the devil know your name? Listen, the whole thing is that is is that if he doesn't know your name, you're not doing something right. That's the point to it. Point number two. Point number two, it's a thrilling testimony for a Christian, a thrilling testimony. You know, the demon did not know who these seven sons were, but he was very familiar, but he, but he was very familiar with Paul, the Bible says. 
I read this in a commentary, uh, D.L. Moody. He said this. He says, I believe Satan exists for two reasons. First, the Bible says so. And second, I've done business with him. You know, Paul had done business with the devil, and the devil had done business with him, and the devil was well aware of who he was. So why was Paul known uh, by the devil? Let me just give you a couple of, of them right here just real quick. Number, number one, his virtuous life, his virtuous life. Paul gave this testimony in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. Look at the screen. It says, according to my earnest expectations and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, Paul was saying that he wanted to do everything that pleased Christ and to do nothing that displeased him. That was that virtuous life, you see. And so those who are baptized today, we have to live a virtuous life. And the prayer and passion of his life was to live as God wanted him to live and as a Christian should live. Have you ever noticed, hey, listen, church, have you ever noticed that when you begin to live for God, the devil always fights you? Huh? I'm looking at one guy. I'm not going to say his name, but he's shaking his head. And yeah, you know, if you're really trying to make a difference in your family, if you're really trying to make a difference in your community, if you're really trying to make a difference in your school, there's going to be some opposition but, you know, if, if, if we belong to Christ, that we know that we have that strength and we have that mercy to keep continuing to go through. Everybody say amen. Look, yeah, Satan's going to know your name when you do those things. And that's okay, but we just push through because of who we are as Christians and who God is and who Christ is who strengthens us. Everybody say amen. So we push through those things. So first he was virtuous, and then second we see that he was, he was victorious. You know, uh, understand that holiness is not exempt from having conflict. We're going to have conflict, but it says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Hey, listen, cornerstone, we're always going to triumph if we're in Christ. You want to talk about getting the devil upset? Live a victorious life. His objective, his objective is our defeat, and he wants to bring shame to the name of Christ, and he does that whenever he can get to every single one of us. June the 18th of 1815, listen to this. June 18th of 1815, this was the famous Battle of Waterloo, this fought, and the French, under the command of Napoleon, were fighting the Allied forces, which was uh, uh, the British, Dutch, and Germans. But under command, under the command of Wellington, and the people of England depended on a system of signals to find out how the battle was going. And one of these signal stations was on the tower of Winchester Cathedral. And, and history records that late in the day when it was very foggy, it flashed a signal and it said, Willington defeated. And just at the moment of those sudden English fog clouds made it impossible to read, the, the, new, the news of the defeat quickly spread throughout the whole city. And the whole countryside was sad and gloomy when they had heard the news that their country had lost the war. And then suddenly the fog lifted and the remainder of the message could be read. The message had four words, not two. And the complete message was, Wellington defeated the enemy. Hey, 
cornerstone? Jesus Christ defeated the enemy. Huh? Jesus defeated the enemy. All we have to do is be followers of Christ. And, and so, so after our baptism, when that, that, that time stamp marks our ministry, listen, we need to get out there and just be followers of Christ. Look, does the devil know your name? It doesn't matter if he knows your name, because if you have Jesus, he's defeated him. That's the whole point to this thing, guys. But look, this, us as Christians, we should be out and going and doing and serving. Our passions should be his passions. It shouldn't be about our personal convictions. It should be about the convictions of Jesus Christ. We should have a mindset of witnessing, of soul winning. You know, we have been talking and strategizing, and I just want us to see this just for a second. You know, we're, you know, we all should have ministries. And so we're really working right now of having a way for each person to be involved in ministry because, because that's what a follower of Christ does is we have ministry and we, and we witness and we, and we, and we go soul winning. Now, lastly is this. Lastly is this, we have to get to the starting line, right? Everybody, come on, give the Lord a hand. We have to get in the starting line, right? Yeah. You know, um, um, my granddaughter, and uh, just to kind of change it up a little bit here, um, she comes to me this morning and she says, Papa, I have something for you. Now, she's fixed to be four years old this month, and this is my first note from Bristol. Everybody say, oh, isn't that cute? So, so you got to know where to start, right? And her birthday is in a few days. And so she hands me this little note. She says, Papa, I got this for you. And so I get it and I read it and it says, it says uh, from Bristol to Papa. Isn't that sweet? And so she's got to know where to start, right? And she says, for my birthday, I want. <laughs> There's the list. <laughs> You've, you've got to start somewhere. You, you, you've got to start somewhere. Um, you know, um, and I don't, all I do is because I just want to make this application and this point because sometimes we learn better through that. But, uh, you know, four months ago, you know, I was just, I wasn't feeling very good. And, and, and um, you know, I, I had lost so much strength and some mobility and, and I, I, you know, I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, and, and, um, so, you know, I, I had to make a decision. Um, you know, I had to get to the starting line. I, I wasn't going to get to the starting line by sitting on the couch. I had to get up and do something about it. Amen. You see it. If you want something, you got to get up, you got to go to the starting line, you know, and, and, um, you know, when that thing started, you know, I was wearing size 38 pants and now I've gone down four sizes and I've lost 25 pounds. But look, the only way we're going to get what we want is if we go and get up and go to the starting line. And, and the, uh, the whole point is this church is this, is that you raised your hand if you've, if you've been saved. Now, if you haven't got to the starting line, it's not too late. You've got to get to the starting line. You, you've, you've got to be busy about what's important to God. He, he didn't say Save you just so that you can have some kind of fire insurance. And those this morning, he saved you for a purpose. He saved you because we're plan A of reaching a lost and dying world. 
and just to be self-satisfied and to be in safe. Because listen, we can all go through life and, and, and not have ministry and not be a witness and not care about souls and not tithe and not come to church and not be committed to a ministry and all those things. And you know what? Satan doesn't know who you are. He doesn't care because you're not making any waves. And our families, listen, we've got to do the right things with our families. And it may make waves in our schools. It may make waves. But you've got to get to the starting line. You're not going to do it from the couch. You're not going to do it from what just comes easy. We've got to do what it takes to be hard. And our Bible says that our God will give us all grace and mercy and strength to do whatever we need to do. Amen, everybody. You know, I, I see here that um, there must be a lifelong dependence upon the Lord. We must never forget that it is only by the Lord that we can run well and finish. It is never by our strength, but it's always by His. And we must not only live for the Lord, but also look to Him for the strength and power to get it done. To get it done. So for some, the race has started today. For a lot of you, the race started years and years ago. But have you got to the starting line yet? Have you truly got to the start? Does the does devil know your name? And again, we don't mean that in the cynical way. We mean that in the way that are you working for the Lord? You know, listen, um, Christ, again, is going to know your name by your faith. You're not saved by your works, but your works prove who you are. And those works, Satan's going to know who you are. Does the devil know your name? Or does he just not even care that you exist? He doesn't know that you exist because you're not a threat to him. Have you started? Maybe you're here this morning and you don't even know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe the, maybe it needs to start right now. And those that were baptized this morning, you know, we know it started when you got saved, but, but this is your public testimony, and it's, it's that time-stamped event in your life. It starts today. What are you going to do? And then for those of us that's, that we did it a long time ago, but we've just really haven't got to the starting line. But maybe we got to the starting line and ran the 100-yard dash, not thinking that it was a marathon that we had to run. Maybe you need to refocus and get back on the starting line and work hard as Christ has tuned us to, be, to do and to be. All right, Father, we love you this morning, and we do thank you for Christ. And, and Lord, we look at this text this morning, and um, we just think of that simple verse where Satan says, I, I know who Jesus is, and I know who Paul is, but who are you? And so, Lord, I, I pray this morning that not in a cynical or a, or, a, or a demonic way that we're speaking this morning, but, Lord, that, that, um, that, that we pray this morning that, that we have such a walk and such a passion for you that, Lord, that if we ever met Satan face to face, that he wouldn't have to ask who we were because he would know us by our works and by what we did and by what we did for Christ as being a Christian. Lord, I pray this morning that, um, that none of us will be sidelined. None of us will be benched because of any reason. But Lord, this morning 
that will all take it in and that will get into the race and that, Lord, that will take this course that you've given to us and that will finish it in the strength and the power of Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I again pray for these that were baptized this morning and boy, we certainly give you all the gray, the gray, the, the glory and the, and the honor for all of that, Lord. But I pray for them this morning that uh, their ministry starts. Lord, I pray that they'll be passionate and that they'll be vision focused and world mission focused. And Lord, I pray that they'll be focused on witnessing and focused on the importance of soul winning, focused on the word of God. And that understanding that all of us, it says in John, that when we were saved, that there was a well created in us. And, um, and that, that well needs to be continually filled um, by yielding ourselves to you and by prayer and by fellowship and by the word of God. Lord, I pray that we'll just come to you as the well of living water that never, ever runs dry. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stand with me if you will, please.